welcome to episode 88 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim, along with Anthony. And last time we talked, it was a Thursday night yeah. before the Browns game with the Steelers. Congratulations, Cleveland. A 21-7 victory. I said first team to 21 wins. Yep. Now, you were and, right. And uh, I wasn't sure they would get there. They did. However, I've never rooted for a team and at the end of the game felt like I lost. Tim, I I think you speak for 99.9% of Browns fans when you say that. I have a guy at work who's 88. He loves Cleveland sports dearly, but mainly the Indians and the Browns. He'll watch every game. When the Indians are done, he'll turn on to the Browns. When the Browns are done, he'll turn on to the Indians. He said to me, he has... He went to bed pissed off. He has never been more pissed off over a win than he has in his life. What happened with Miles Garrett at the end of the ball game is shocking, disgusting, and absolutely wrong. And no one yep. defends it. No one, no one defends it. Now, you can get on conspiracy theories. You can talk about what may or may happen in the pile. Or what was and was not said. I don't care. I don't care. Look, there was 13 seconds left in the game. As and you're up 14 began. points. Yes. And you're up four. There is no 14 point play to tie the game. There's no, no 15 point nope. play to win the game. Now, this is the biggest regular season win for the Browns in how many years, Tim? Since they made the playoffs back in what 2002? Two? Yeah. Two. Yeah. I, I mean, and this was a thorough butt kicking offensively defensively, special teams, coaching, they kicked the living crap out of the Steelers. It was the most they physical game the I've seen them play the all season. I mean, they're a physical team. That was the most physical game I've seen the Browns play in years. I mean, they were hitting. Yes. And they were, it was unabandoned. And they, they played were challenged. Free. You could tell the coaching staff challenged them yes. to be as physical as possible. Uh, the Randall hit. I thought he was going to get suspended after he yes. got ejected. I thought for sure he was going to get a game. Did not happen. Thank goodness for the Browns. Uh, maybe he actually deserved because yeah. of that, the way they hit. Football has changed so much. Oh, yes, it has. In the last 10 years. And injuries and head injuries and concussions and all that that comes in board plays a big part of how the NFL is adjudicated nowadays. Randall's hit under the rules of the game. Absolutely. I understand why they ejected yes. him, and I had no problem with it. I really didn't. Uh, that's just the way the games play today. Uh, it's impossible for any player to go full speed and all of a sudden not be full speed. Yes. Um, it's almost impossible not to lead with the head because that's mm -hmm. how you're taught to get low to make yep. tackles. Now, how you apply you, the the tackle and using the of the helmet does matter, and that's what happened there. And they rocked uh, Juju on yes, that play. They, they, I mean, he absolutely rocked him. And it was what it was. And I had no problem with. I was upset with the results. I was not surprised. Upset. Yeah, no, I wasn't even upset with the the ejection. I was, you know, one of those things. I could see that being part of the. Uh, the process, and it was, and I had no problem with that. Now, at the end of the game with Miles Garrett, 
Let me speak here and mm-hmm. let me get this yep. through. There's 13 seconds left in the game. On the two previous plays, the Browns sacked Rudolph. There's absolutely... You're bringing the house. If you're going to throw the ball, you're bringing the house. You're bringing yes. everything you got. And Garrett got to him after he threw the ball and brought him down. And you can make the case that he shouldn't have done that. He could have let him go. And quite honest with you, I'm not going to hear adjudicate that. Yep. The bottom he's brought him down. Now, was there a wrestle at the bottom of the pile? Yeah. Yes. Was Rudolph involved? Yeah. Yes. Does that change the fact that he took his helmet off and smacked him with his helmet? No. The bottom line is he did something that you cannot do in football. No matter what Mason Rudolph said, no matter and I get I don't think he said a damn thing. No matter all well he kicked him in the there is no no reasoning, no excuse. Nothing at all to even remotely defend what Miles Garrett did. When you use your helmet as a weapon, you deserve what comes to you. Simple as that. Now, the indefinite suspension going forward. What we found out, and I think all football fans understand, Mm -hmm. is I understand why the NFL did it. However, it is against the CBA. Mm-hmm. The CBA explicitly says that you must put a number of games on, on a suspension. Yes. That will be adjudicated in the upcoming uh, appeal. Tomorrow, I believe, right? Yeah, and that's fine, and I and I accept that, whatever it may be. I will say this going forward for Garrett. His best case for me is this. When Dominic Sue stepped on the player's throat, yes, he got five games. So if you got five games for stepping on someone's throat in a football game with spikes, yeah, uh, as bad as Garrett was, who's a first-time offender, yep. and Sue is not. Yeah, Sue's a multiple offender. I think you can make the case that a six-game yep. six suspension max is fair. Yeah, and we'll see going forward. Now, if they make it five games and he comes back for week seventeen, fantastic, great. As a football fan, yeah. I'll be thrilled. As a Browns fan, I don't care. Yep. Um, I can accept the six games. I can accept, quote-unquote, if they make the playoffs, he's not available. Not a problem with any of those scenarios. If they put an eight-game suspension on him, Mm -hmm. that means the playoff games that he would be involved with this season, if they make it, would count towards that. I have no problem with that. What they can't do is make a six-plus playoffs, in my yes. opinion. What they have to do is put a number on yes. it. And if that number's put a eight, finite then number it's the first it. two games of the regular season yes. next year if they don't make the playoffs. Yes. If it's six, it's the rest of the regular Se- yes. season, and he is available if you make the playoffs. Whatever the case may be going forward, whatever is decided and adjudicated properly, I have no problem with. But I don't expect to see him the rest of the season. No. I'd be shocked. I, would be surprised. I think any player has the right to appeal. And I think that's what is in the CBAs. Mm -hmm. And that is what the NFLPA is there for. And I have no problem with any of that. They're going to defend both Rudolph and And Garrett Garrett because that's their job. Now, going forward, it's a huge loss for the Browns. You lost Vernon to an injury the week before. Don't know his status going into this week. You've lost Garrett, basically, probably the for the season, rest yes. of the season. 
it's going to be difficult for this team. I mean, they're one of the best strengths was the defensive line. Maybe not played to its potential. All, yeah, potential all season long. But they when it has played, groove, yes. when it has played well, it has played extremely well. When it's played bad, it's been very un- bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been peaks and valleys. They did some things in that game that I was happy about. They did try to get the running game going. They didn't run the ball enough, in my opinion. Um, as I said going into last week, mm-hmm. I said, I hope they run the ball, run, run the, the ball, ball, and when they think the about do something, run the ball more. Uh, they didn't quite do that. However, they were successful, and they ended up They did a the- good job moving the pocket for Baker, I thought. Yeah, they did, they, they did well. They found a way to win a ball game, and that is key. That's what we should be talking about. Exactly. And I hope that is what we talk about. Um, Like Garrett, I think he's an interesting guy. Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett's a very interesting guy when you hear about how he likes dinosaurs and loves Journey and Mm -hmm. all the things you wouldn't expect out of someone who's 22, 23 years old, uh, 24 years old, whatever he may be. Uh, However, he's going to have this on him the rest of his career yep no matter what happens people are gonna bring this up and he led the team in the most 15 yard penalties during the season so he had late hits he had situations they're gonna have to figure out going forward with miles garrett whatever the case may be mm-hmm. how to handle that part of his game to make him a better player going forward and that's going to be important for the Browns because in two years he's going to get a mega contract mm-hmm and if it's not in Cleveland, somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear, oh, this is going to save the, no, it's not going to save a damn dime. No. Someone out there is going to give him an $80 million contract. If, if it's people not the Browns, it's someone else. Yes. And I don't care. It could be the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> you it's never know. one of the other 31 teams New England in the could NBA, NFL. Yeah. And that's just the way it works. Uh, he's going to get a huge contract. He was a number one pick overall. He's proven his worth when he's been healthy. Uh, Like I said, the Browns will have that opportunity. The Browns will sign him to a mega deal. And it will be controversial because of what has happened. They have no choice. It has to be done. And going forward, whatever happens, happens. And now they're going to have to, between the organization, the player, and the team itself, figure out how they move forward and what reputations they want and what they're going to do forward. I don't know. I'm concerned, but I'm not overly concerned. I my most precious concern is going forward. How does this team respond? Respond to all this? The offense is better because you've added an all star to your offense. And yeah. in, in Hunt, he's going to make a huge difference because now you can you have a receiver coming out of the backfield. You have a guy who can share the running load. Uh, you can use two running backs. Mm-hmm. I wish they would just line up up in the eye and leave them in the eye. But that's just a different story yep. about my philosophy on football. Uh, however, they have an opportunity going forward, and they got the Dolphins this week. God forbid they lose to the Dolphins. I'll never live that down, how I teased my friends who are Dolphin fans, be- which shocks me, by the way. If there's a team <laughs> in Northeast Ohio that has more representation of fans than I would ever expect. It's the Miami, Miami Dolphins. freaking Dolphins. Yep. yep. I don't care who you are. You know a friend or a family yes. member who is a Dolphins yes. fan and has been I know in their two. entire life. I know two. It's, I know like six or seven. It's really odd, isn't it? 
I mean, you could understand the Dan Marino effect. I guess. you could understand the Cowboys because they were America's team. Yes, and if I you know could, a few Cowboy fans. You could understand. Uh, they don't come out very often unless they're winning. No, I know a few of them, but yeah. You can understand the Raiders because it's the bad boy Raiders and Al Davis, and you can understand that. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, you can understand being so close and and that. But, yeah, the, the, I don't understand the Dolphins at all. I would put Dolphin fans about fourth best in this area. I, I really do. I think obviously really? you got Steelers fans and Browns, Browns fans. fans. Yep. And then it's it's a combination of a few different ones, like you said, Buffalo. Yeah. And that. But I tell you what, I think I think there's more Dolphin fans in this area than uh, than there are Bills fans. Yeah. That there are uh, Raider fans, and so well, forth. good. We don't need any Raider fans around here. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> I work with a couple of them. Uh, but that, I mean, that's just the way I see it. Um, it's just it's it's amazing how many Dolphin fans there are and. Uh, I've been teasing. I work with the Dolphins, man, and he's he's excited now. Yeah, he thinks two wins and oh boy, watch out! You never know. You never know what the future may hold. Um, and they're but, playing hard, though, right? They're playing hard for Flores. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll uh, see. They got a long ways to go. It's a rebuild. Everybody knows that. That's a complete rebuild from ground zero. Yeah, and it, it, that's when you tear it down. That's what you want yep. to do. That's what you get. And that's what the Browns tried to do a few years ago, but it was really bad at tearing it down. And now Dorsey has rebuilt it up to mm-hmm. a certain level. And we'll go from there. And uh, I'm I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic. optimistic about the Browns just playing good football. Yep. I want to see wins just like any other fan. However, I just want to see good quality football. Other than the last 13 seconds... In that ball game with the Steelers, we've seen pretty good football. Not great football, but we've seen competitive, hard-nosed uh, AFC North football, and that is what you need to do to win. When they beat the Ravens, we've seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen glimpse of this team's potential. I'm not here to say they're going to go five and one or four and two or whatever, yeah. three and three. Who knows what they'll do the rest of the season? I stated this on our other podcast with YSU. Browns are in the same situation as YSU was a few months ago when I said they need to be one another this week. week. And that's it. And that's all you can ask for. That's, you know, win in advance. Win and move on. And if you don't succeed with the win, then figure out how to make yourself better the next week before you can be one and oh. And that's where they're at. Much as I, there's a lot you can say, but I think it's been said on other podcasts and other radio yeah. shows. No one liked what Garrett did. No one condones what Garrett did. Everyone believes that he believe, deserves the punishment that he's going to receive. Whatever it may be, I'll accept as a fan. I want to see Miles Garrett back on the field mm-hmm. playing football because that's what he's meant to be. I think he's an interesting person, but I, who condones what happened? I made a lot of jokes this week. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of them was simply all he was trying to do is put the helmet back on the quarterback. <laughs> Don't get mad at him for trying to put the helmet back on him. If he hit him with the crown, then you would have some a totally different story. But he hit him with the open mask. He was trying to put the helmet. He was putting it on backwards, but he was trying he to put the helmet back on. All right. Uh, realistically, not the case, but 
that has been my uh, my joke all season long, uh, all week long. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it just seems when the Browns take two steps forward, there's always something pulling them back. It's uh, it's unfortunate because it's the franchise that you know you all 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 podcast long last week. You said this is a culture game. Uh, the the better culture is going to win out here. You you know what the Steelers you know going to give the, you. The culture is the Steelers showed up. And the culture of the Browns was still being defined. Yep. And we can see that the Browns still haven't defined that culture, what they are, and how they're going to respond and how they're going to play. And going forward, we're going to find out because they're going to be minus certain players. And and that's really when your culture really starts to form. Well. is when you're down, guys. This is where the coaching staff's culture will, will, will be shown. Will they be able to make adjustments and be ready for each team and each obstacle that's in front of them because we'll the Dolphins are not have. the Steelers. No. And then when they play the Steelers, you know, the following week, that's a totally different atmosphere to go into Pittsburgh after what has happened. Yeah, oh, that's going to be nuts. And that game has been changed from 4 o'clock to 1 o'clock. So you can, all the conspiracy theories out there can have fun with that and uh, going forward. So I'm not done talking about it, but we're kind of done talking about it because – I know what everyone knows what has happened. Everybody's heard it. It was heard for a there's week. There's nothing. We, there's nothing I can add that I think anybody else can say that they believe. It was it. sick and disgusting, and it was just it 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 marred a dominant throw butt kicking of the Browns' bitter rival, who they have not had much success against. Well, it was the first time since the Browns came back in 1999 that they were that they beat both Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Baltimore. in the same yep. season. And that was marred by what happened at the end of the yep. ball game. This team has always been about trying to find its footing and be special and be proud in a community. And it's still trying to find that. Mm-hmm. And going forward, we'll just see. Um, right now, my concerns are Dolphins. I'm going to be Bill Belichick. You're on to Miami. I'm on to Miami. And that's exactly it. And I'll say this. I've said this, too. Someone asked me about... You know, the different scenarios that happen at the end mm-hmm. of that game. This is where the NFL has an a perception problem. They don't want teams to concede defeat. So they they want you to play out the whole mm-hmm. 60 minutes. I'm not saying you walk off the field with two minutes yes. left. I'm Not what I'm saying. What I'm saying by concede defeat is not take a knee like the Steelers did on yeah. fourth down and then ended up giving the ball back to the Browns. That was the wrong play. But there's not much you can do in that scenario. I, I understand what happened there. However, with 21 seconds left in the game, you went back to pass. You're down 14. There's no way to win this ball no, game. Now, let me finish. Let me finish. There's no way to, to win this ball game. So you throw the ball. It's incom- you're Actually, you go back to throw the ball, and your quarterback's sacked, and he's hammered. Mm-hmm. You do it again on second down. And he's hammered. Mm-hmm. There's 13 seconds left in the ball game. Do you really think Bill Belichick would allow Tom Brady to take that beating? No. Nobody would. And he's Tom Brady takes every snap in every game. Yep. No matter what. You know what they're doing? They're handing the ball, the ball off, off yep. and running it up the middle and letting the clock run out. Yep. Probably on first and second down. And going on. And what does Belichick say after every loss? He's on to the next game. Yep. That's the proper play. That's not what happened. Now. I would put this scenario on. If it was an eight-point game where one touchdown and two oh, points, you play it out like they did, and I have no problem yep. with it. 
A 14-point game, a game that cannot be won or even tied. Nope. Then there's you got to do what's best for your team. And no one is saying you are quitting. You're conceding. You're understanding that you're going to lose this game no matter what happens, transpires in these last few plays of the game. So what do you do? You run off the clock. You have to run off the clock in the NFL. You can't walk off. We mm-hmm. all know that. This yep. is not college football where sometimes you get the end yes. of the game where they all walk off. No. In the NFL, because of point spreads in Vegas yep. and everything else, you have to play it through. But you have to be smart. And the smart play would have been the Belichick thing. Just run the ball up the middle. Just run the ball up the middle. Get protect out. your quarterback. Especially when you have a quarterback like Rudolph who has got beat up all game long, has thrown four interceptions, and had the toughest game of his mm-hmm. career and he's a career backup who's starting for you now yep. because your number one starter Ben Roethlisberger is out so going forward I don't care if you're the Cleveland Browns the Pittsburgh Steelers the Miami Dolphins whoever you are you're down by nine points or more with 30 seconds or less in the ball run the game. ball just run Tim the ball wants you to run the damn ball the game over with do not put your team and your players in jeopardy now, does that change the fact with Miles Garrett? No. But I'll be honest with you, even if that never happened, I would be criticizing yes. Tomlin and the Steelers for that reason alone. Why would you put your starting quarterback who's thrown four interceptions into that scenario? There's no need for it. Bill Belichick may not be the greatest coach of all time. He's one of the smartest yep. coaches of all time. He understands when it's time to move on. And that is one of his greatest attributes. parts of his coaching to attributes yes. is a perfect word. And that to me is why I bring this up. Uh, Mike Tomlin, a successful coach, a Super Bowl winning coach, guy who's been doing it for a long time. And I'm not here to say, oh, he's a terrible coach. Yeah. I'm not. I don't care if you're Kitchens, who's a brand new coach, a rookie coach. You got to know when it is time to run the ball and get the hell off the court, I, get off the field. And get back in the locker room. And going forward, if there's any lessons learned from this scenario. Tim wants you to run the ball. Well, a perfect example, many years ago. I bet you Rothenberg wouldn't be throwing the ball in that situation. Well, many years ago, and this was a totally different type of scenario, was the miracle that the Giants had over, I believe it was the Eagles. Or is the Eagles had it over the Giants? Yeah. The Eagles had it over the Giants. It was a one-score game. So yes. I think it was like a four five-point game. That's when they fumbled the ball. Yes. And they ended up yes. trying to run it up the middle with Larry Zonka. And then yes. it was a fumble. They fumbled, fumble, yes. It picked up by the by the, uh, by the the Eagles. They yep. ran into the end zone. Won Herm the game. Edwards, right? Was that, was that Herm Edwards who picked it up? I believe it was the Herm yeah. Edwards play, yes. And that became synonymous with now you just take knees. Yes. Okay, everyone learned from that. Everyone needs to learn from this scenario. If you're down by nine points or more and it's like 30 seconds left in the game and it's first down. Run the ball. Run the ball. Don't put your quarterback at risk. What if, hypothetically, Rudolph got a concussion on that play? Or not the not the yeah, helmet not to play, hit, but, but the sack, sacked. two sacks prior. What if he broke a leg? What what ifs you're down to all one you want to do? And I'm not the what if type guy. As you know, I yes. hate the what if game. However... When you're down quarterbacks like the Steelers are, you have to protect what you have. And that's my opinion going forward, and that's the way I see it. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate because, like we talked about, that 
that should not be what everybody's talking about. It should be that the Browns for the first time in a while looked thoroughly dominant against the Steelers. Uh, they they kicked the crap out of the Steelers since the game kicked off, and unfortunately, not many people are going to remember. That's going to be an afterthought. All right, let's turn a page. High school football. Yes. We are at the regional finals here in Northeast Ohio and the state of Ohio, for that matter. And we have two teams moving on. We have the Poland Bulldogs, and they'll be facing the Perry Pirates. And we have Springfield Tigers, who'll be taking on the Mogador Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, we all know about Springfield. You and I had them uh, last week of the year against McDonald. Uh, extremely talented. We talked about the Brungards and their defense, uh, the kicking game, uh, well coached across the board. Uh, everyone can see why they're 12-0 and the, and the number one seed. Um, but what a what a job by Ryan Williams and Poland this year. Uh, and we'll say down years because they're not down years. Poland made the playoffs two years ago. Um, a down year last year, some injuries and all that. Uh, started off a little shaky this year, but, Tim, ever since week three, they have been – Arguably the best team in this area? Yeah, you know, interesting enough, I had Steve Ruman on as a halftime guest um, last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually did a phone interview with him uh, Saturday afternoon before mm-hmm. we'd have it for the halftime show on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday. And I, I brought that up uh, how improving team, the Poland team has been. Started the season 0 2. I want to say they lost to Holland and to Borman to open the season. So and they lost to Marlington, didn't they? Uh, you can double-check me. And I'll needless to say, uh, they were 0-2. And I don't have schedules in front of me. I don't really care right now. But my point is they were 0-2. And from that point on, Steve went and talked to uh, Coach Williams and asked him, you know, what do you do to turn this around and change? And he says, all we got to do is play our football game. We don't have to do anything different. We just got to believe what we're doing is – and play to our level. And sure enough, he was right. It's not, you know, it was just a matter of his team gelling and believing in themselves and understanding what their responsibilities were. And they, they've done a great job. So I'm not surprised they won. I thought Indian Creek had a great season. First time in the playoffs and making a big run and uh, just ran into a much better team. And then Springfield, real quickly, talking about the, uh, the Tigers here. Uh, you got to give Coach Guerrero a lot of Guerrero, credit. Yeah. yeah, a lot of credit. He called that hook and ladder yep. in the fourth quarter when they needed it the most. They pulled it all out, and uh, it's a big play. And then threw the touchdown pass in the end zone uh, in the waning seconds of the uh, of the game, and was able to win it. I won, and uh, what a story that they have. And I'll tell you what, Trimble played a hell of a game, and I listened to most of that game. Uh when I had the opportunity to, and it was it was an exciting game. It was a fun game to listen to, and I obviously didn't get to see it because I was going to travel to St. Clairsville because uh, I had a game. It was on everything Saturday. that you would hope for in a uh, yeah. It's what high school state playoff game. It's yeah. What high school f- sports and football is about this time of the year. Um, terrific win and a big big opportunity for them going forward. Obviously, uh, Mogador has the tradition behind mm-hmm. them. They, they've been to regional finals. They've been to state finals. They've won a championship 20-some years ago. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I'll say this. I definitely love the Tigers, and I think they're going to have an opportunity to be something very special going forward. I like Springfield. I think they beat Mogador. I know you guys, uh, you and Matt had Mogador against Brookfield. 
Um, and they're very explosive. They're an explosive offense. This, you know what this reminds me of? This could be very similar to the Gerard Licking Valley game. First one to 30 or 40 wins. Uh, I don't know. That might be. I, I'm but Springfield's not defense sure. is playing at a high I'm level. I'm not sure Mogador is going to be as high-powered offense against this defense as, as they were against, they Brookfield. Were against Brookfield and uh, their other team in Week 2. That's just, I think they're going to run into a much better team, kind of like Tremble did. And I think we're going to say a close game. Yeah. I think it'll probably be, you know, first team to 24 wins, that type of thing. First team to 21, 24 wins. We'll see if that's So you're correct. picking Springfield. Oh, yeah, I'm taking Springfield. There's no question about it. Paul and Perry, I know. Uh... Well, we'll get to that one here in a second. Um, it should be interesting. I think, you know, like I said, I, I really love the makeup of the Springfield team. I think they have a chance to be very special. And you and, said that for a while now. Yeah. You said that for a couple months yeah, now. Well, there's just so many aspects to that team I like. They're very good on defense. They have a special quarterback who's only a sophomore. <laughs> who has talent around him, and they have a very good special yes. teams. They have all the ingredients to be well. And they have a coach who really, truly sees the field well because he lobbied a couple times pointing out certain things that happened during the game in Trimble, and the flag came out. Mm-hmm. And it was very impressive. So um, we'll see. Uh, he was able to point out certain things that happened on the field, and when the officials went back and they said, yep, that's yep, a penalty, right, yeah. and they got it right, and they moved forward. So – it was an interesting scenario. At least that's the way it was described on the radio. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll take their description as a fact. So we'll move forward. Now we have the Poland-Perry game. And Perry's so very good. Whew. I'll tell you what. That is Incredible. A, a really good program. Uh, I think this is going to be an, uh, an amazing game at Austintown on, uh, on fr- Saturday night. It should be a lot of fun. Now, we covered the Kennedy game. On Saturday, mm-hmm. the last two weeks, Kennedy unfortunately fell short in their game uh, to the Redskins from Cuyahoga Heights, and uh, that boy talk about a team that was fantastic. Let me say this—that's a good program. Well, yeah, they run the triple option. Yep, and they outpassed their passing game is what won them a game. Really, the wide receiver Bartosik. Caught two touchdown passes, had about 180 yards in the game. Uh, one of them was on a fourth down uh, fake punt. Oh. That went about 55 yards. And uh, he had an amazing game. He was our player of the game. But their passing game out of that triple option offense was phenomenal. And that won the game. Because you have to defend the triple yep. option. That means that you're always on the line of scrimmage looking to see who gets the ball, what the yes. quarterback does. And their quarterback, Schaefer, was phenomenal. And that is a, such a difficult offense because you don't get to see it very often. No, trust me. I've, uh, I've had my fair share of scares with triple option. I don't want Thankfully, I didn't have a scare Saturday. But, yeah, uh, the, uh, the triple option is uh, really difficult to defend. When you have a quarterback. Especially at this level. And when you have a quarterback you can throw out of the triple option. Look out. Yeah, it was huge. They threw on fourth down and three and got you know basically a touchdown out of it. They threw, they bring it in and throw on top, and they just and they have a receiver who has good speed, good hands, get on top of you and get behind the defense, and they he hit them mm-hmm. every time. 
I think he had about seven or eight catches in the ball game. Wow. Artistic. He was just phenomenal. Most often teams don't throw a ball seven or eight yeah, times. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They're what shocked me going into the game. I we seen them last year. They mm-hmm. ran the yep. ball primarily last year. Yep. Uh, they could throw the ball. State this championship year. good. Yeah. 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 This team is on. It came short last season. They're going to have a great opportunity to revenge that loss last year in the state title game and try to win one this year. So, yeah, it was impressive. They are a very good team. And uh, Kennedy knew that going in. I think the coaching staff knew that. They tried to be prepared for everything. It's tough to prepare for that kind of offense. Jesse Likens was just phenomenal. He had 222 yards in the game rushing two touchdowns he was just lights out so fast so lightning uh they just couldn't get in the ball enough yeah and he was just one guy and the rest of the team had a good game they just unfortunately turned over the ball on their second possession of the ball game and fell down 13 to nothing and, and never really could mustered the comeback when you fall behind double digits to an option offense that can control the clock and throw and the ball to plays. Yes, you're asking for a lot. It was it was it was a big ask coming back, and they almost made it. But uh, you got to give Cuyahoga Heights all the credit in the world. So this week, we're done with high school football on Western Reserve. It's over already. We are done. Uh, there was talk about trying to do the polling game, but we just really didn't have the uh, the time and the facility. We have other commitments mm-hmm. to the uh, Youngstown Phantoms mm-hmm. and other scenarios that came up so we're not doing the uh the polling and perry game however i will be calling the polling so your season's not over yet my season's not over yet uh our good friend gene withers who i'm hoping to add to this podcast i'm going to give him a call and and record a Mm -hmm. a short interview about the pirates coming in and we're going to have that at the end Mm -hmm. of this podcast so stay tuned for that um Hopefully, that will all work out once I uh, get a hold of them. Anyways, we're going to talk about the Pirates and talk about their season. Give you a little preview coming Saturday mm-hmm. for that game. So, you want to stay tuned for that. However, uh, he works for Fox Sports Ohio. Yes. As everyone knows, he was producer of Bruce Drennan yeah, yeah. many, many years ago. When I was at 1330 in Youngstown and 1440, they were combined. I was doing a sports talk show and high school football. Mm-hmm. Well, Gene was a student at the Ohio School of Broadcasting. So I ended up calling the Ohio School of Broadcasting, seeing if they had anybody who was interested in being interned mm-hmm. and help us out down here for the football season. Gene applied. I yep. hired Gene. So Gene used to run my show on Friday nights when we did a remote and then did the games and also was the post-game show host, uh, kind of like Camel Rico Yes. Is now for uh, Western Reserve Radio. So he was an intern for me way back 2000, maybe, um, 2001, in that range. So we've stayed in touch over the years, you know, and on Facebook and other things. And um, I ran into him a couple of years ago up the yes. Pir- Perry game with Gerard, uh, yeah. with Gerard about two, three years ago. So I got this text from him saying, are you available this weekend because i am got commitments with the Cavaliers. I'm on a road. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, You know, he's been doing the Pirate, the Perry Pirates games for, for the years, last few yeah. years. So I said, let me check. And I said, I'm free. And I'd be happy to do it. So 
Uh, kind of turncoat here, yeah. I guess, for the yeah, Valley. What are you doing, Tim? Yeah, but I will uh, be uh, broadcasting the game. Uh, I believe it's going to be on like a Spectrum or something like that, one of the cable outlets in that area. Don't know what it is, to be honest. Uh, I'll find that out here in a, in a little bit. But I will uh, be broadcasting that game uh, with uh, with the students from Perry High School. So it'll be a lot of fun. It's kind of a for me to uh, give back to uh, to those who are coming up through and thinking about mm-hmm. doing a broadcasting career of some sort. And uh, so it's it's funny how uh, things go full circles and how things work. So my my football season uh, will have at least one more week. Yeah. And we'll see going forward at the end of the world. Uh, he does a great job. I, I have great respect for him. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to Saturday because it will be a different experience for me because I'm not going to be working with Matt. No. I've done the last three yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you won't be available. Yeah, I'll be out of town again. Yeah. and On the road again. Obviously, we won't have Dave Ferris and mm-hmm. Camel Rico and all those yeah. who are involved in our, our broadcast each week. So... I'm really looking for something different, something unique, and uh, I don't know how, if anyone locally can listen to it. I believe it's on a cable uh, outlet, kind of like what um, you may see, like the Bourbon Spartans yes. had during their season, or uh, Austin Town does it, I think, mm-hmm. and some other schools may have their outlets on cable uh, access channels, so... Uh, that's what's going on. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, I'm going to uh, make a phone call to Gene, and we're going to get him on here uh, very shortly here. And we'll be talking to him about the uh, the Pirate season and uh, kind of previewing the, the Poland Pirate game. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great honor for you. Uh, congratulations, and uh, best of luck on the call. Uh, I look forward to hearing about it uh, Sunday when we talk again. Um, and it's it, it's amazing that our high school football season is already over. It's it, it went really fast. We had a lot of fun, and uh, already looking forward to next year. December sixth, I start basketball. That's amazing, isn't it? Yep, that's absolutely incredible. Matter of fact, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. It may have been. Uh, I think it was yesterday, Monday morning. I tweeted out. I retweeted something from Newcastle basketball. Um, account um and they had a picture of the locker with shoes in front of it and mm-hmm. uh the their practice uniforms and it says the new season begins monday together yeah. again and uh that's what they are they are together again and it's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait it, they, i have been so blessed with so many different mm-hmm. opportunities in my life um with football and basketball at, at the collegiate level and, and the pro or not the pro level, but the, the high school level. Uh, wow. Doing Newcastle basketball has been really a, a fun thing and I can't wait for it to get started. And we're about two and a half weeks away. So uh, it's, it's shocking, but it's almost here a week after Thanksgiving. I'll be doing basketball. Yeah. And uh, when your basketball season ends and hopefully Late February, right? Yeah, late, late February, February, early yeah. March, maybe. That will be uh, the the. Uh, it will be into baseball. Season. Yeah, we're we'll right into spring training and uh, uh, getting ready for that. 128 days till opening day. There we go. Yes, I'm already counting down. All right, let's do this. Let's wrap this up. Um, for Anthony, I am Tim. Stay tuned. Here comes uh, my interview or 
conversation, let's call it that, with uh, Gene Winters from Sports Time Ohio and uh, Fox Sports Ohio as he covers the Cavaliers. And we're going to talk about high school football with the, uh, the Perry Pirates and the Poland Bulldogs coming up. Should be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to Radio MVP. As promised, is now talk, time to talk to uh, Gene Winters, uh, a good friend from uh, years gone by. We don't see each other very often, but uh, have great fond memories of the past. And Gene has been covering, as I've been mentioning the last few years, and you heard him on the podcast, uh, doing play-by-play for uh, the Perry Pirates and during the football season and others. So, uh, Gene, how are you doing, my friend? Nice to meet you. This is... Uh... Great to, to touch base again. It's been a little bit too long since the last time we spoke. Yeah, it was. Actually, the last time we actually had a chance to truly talk was uh, briefly at a uh, Perry Girard game about two, two seasons ago. Yeah, up at Twinsburg. I was hoping to see you in uh, in week number one, but uh, you know how the scheduling falls. A, a one versus eight matchup not as attractive as uh, a, a one four or a one three, whatever it was a couple years ago when those two teams met up. So. Uh, but yeah, I always always look forward to to seeing you inside of a press box. Now, I told everybody on my podcast if they if they made it this far, hopefully they did. Uh, that I, uniquely scenario is I get to fill in for you this year. Uh, Absolutely, you have a an opportunity. Actually, you say you have a responsibility uh, with uh, Fox Sports Ohio covering the Cavaliers and your. Scheduling's not allowed you to do games this week, and uh, luckily I was available, and uh, you offered, and I said, absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk about the Perry Pirates, even though I'm from uh, Bourbon and Poland's our neighbor. Uh, we're going to talk about the Pirates and find out more about uh, how they uh, their season's gone. It's, what, undefeated so far this year. Just give me a little overview about how they played this season. Yes, yeah, so the 12-0, like you mentioned, undefeated season, Coach Rosati, uh, had the boys ready to go pretty much since day number one. Uh, obviously, the Girard game last year in the original semifinal left a bad taste in their mouth, uh, getting bounced out a little bit earlier than they were expecting. Uh, this is a group that graduated a ton of seniors last year, mainly on the defensive side. Their entire secondary, all new players. Everyone graduated from last year. Uh, I think there were seven kids that graduated on the defensive side. So they had a lot of work to do. And in the very first week, uh, they played a shootout game against Riverside uh, from Painesville. And it was, a, I think, 63-54. It was a shootout. And wow. since that game, Perry's defense really, you know, put the clamps down, really started to perform well. They're giving up just under 20 points a game over their last 11. So it's, it's been a nice turnaround for them. So I think it, you know offensively they're going to score. They have offensive weapons. The question mark was the defense, and I think that kind of got put to rest once CDC play started in week number four for them. So for them, it, it's been a growing experience. A lot of young guys, um, Coach Rosati preaches a lot about um, getting sophomores and, and even some freshmen into the game to get that experience because they grow that family bond since the time they play peewee till the time they are seniors and, and graduate from Perry. So um, a lot of these kids have played together from peewee football to, to where they are right now as seniors, juniors, sophomores, or, or freshmen. Wow. You know, that's that's a great thing that he does. And uh, something I always talk about a lot in the last few years is building a culture for your your high school program. And, and that culture means, to me, uh, building 
respect and understanding of the different grades and having a building block as they move up, uh, you know, like you said, from the peewees all the way up to uh, the varsity level, not only do they grow within the system, but they uh, they grow as a team and they learn to, uh, you know, care for each other and, and work within a group as if someone does go down or someone graduates from the year prior, you you, you know who's going to fill in that void or who potentially could be that next uh, that next player up and that is a uh, that's football 101 in my opinion high school sports yeah and and what a lot of these the, the players do now the, the varsity players they even give back where they'll go to a peewee game and you should you see the joy on the kids faces when you know a Drusiano or a Rosani or Sullivan or someone is just on the sideline for a fifth grade peewee game no connections to any of the kids on the team. They just show up to give back, and obviously that continues to build the program because these kids want to stay into it because they're looking up at their senior hero that is, you know is playing on the varsity team. So yeah, it's been a a great uh, culture that Coach Rosati set since uh, he joined Terry in 2007, coming over from uh, West uh, West Geauga. Yeah, it's, it's, I tell you what, they have been one of you know as a, an observer. Uh, one of the more successful programs in the last, you know, especially five and seven years, but even longer than that. And that's what it takes. It t- it doesn't happen overnight, but once you build it, it's something you that actually becomes part of the region. And when you talk about, you know, I always joke around about Region 13 in Division 4 as the GOAT Rodeo. I mean, it's the greatest region of all because there's so much great competition uh, throughout the region, not just the top eight that make it. Right. You can really look at the top 12 or 14 teams every year and say, that's the group that you're looking at who potentially can make the playoffs and make a run. Uh, last year, of course, uh, you mentioned about Gerard, you know, you know, here in, uh, in my area. And that was an interesting scenario because the game was supposed to be played, I believe, up in Ashtabula at Lake. Correct. But they had the snowstorm. And at the last moment, uh, Niles uh, became available to host the playoff. Uh, that was a scenario which, uh, you know, maybe benefited Gerard because it was in their backyard and they had to, uh, you know, change their travel plans and, and come down to um, Niles to play. In the same vein, uh, this year, uh, it looks like the same type of scenario has happened where not necessarily a last-minute change, but uh, you're coming to Austin Town, which, you know, it's not far from Poland. Yeah, I'll put my Perry Homer hat on for this one. Uh, yeah, it, last year, I know a lot of people in the community felt slated being the number one seed and then having to travel out to Niles for that game, uh, a place where they lost the previous year uh, to Steubenville, and then you come back in the, in the same year, you know, a 70-, 80-mile drive for the folks from Lake County up to Youngstown, uh, for that game, now having to do the same thing this year, being the number one seed, being undefeated. Uh, I know uh, just from reading the article since we've been on the road since the um, announcement has been made of the location, um, I, I know that Coach Rosati and the boys are going to use this now as motivation to, 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 to being, I guess, slated again as, you know, hey, we're the number one seed, but we're getting no respect, and now we have to travel 70 miles to play again instead of um, Poland traveling 10 or 12 or whatever they have to do to get to the uh, to, to the stadium this year. But, yeah, it's uh, 
something that the the community and the team is going to use as a little bit of a rally cry to um, maybe help motivate the kids a little bit more. Not that they need it, especially at this level when you're going for a regional championship uh, and I am potentially on the verge of a state championship uh, the first time ever. But yeah, the the travel out to Youngstown for consecutive years, uh, I'm sure, is not sitting well back in uh, in Perry. Yeah, I can understand that. Being an observer for many years, uh, I remember many times uh, Youngstown teams having to travel down to Steubenville and have to play uh, a team that maybe was 10, 15 minutes outside that area. And you're like, why are we traveling so far to play a game while they can't? And as the years gone by, and I think you probably understand this too, just the way the system works. I mean, last year was an Kind of a unique yeah. scenario because of the snowstorm, and they needed a place at the last moment, and Niles stepped up. Uh, this year, my understanding, I was talking to one of the uh, the state officials uh, during the season, and it goes out to bid every week. And if a, t- if a school does not necessarily in your area or your region bids to host the game, they they have a list of about four places that you know they want to go, A, B, C, D, and they just go down the list, and whoever says yes first gets the game. Now, I don't know if Austintown was number one on their list or number three on their list, but from sure. my understanding, you know, for that for the Division Four Region 13 championship uh, in Northeast Ohio, there wasn't that much interest. And I found out a lot of schools don't want to host. Uh, sure, yeah. They don't want that to put cool. all the energy necessary to host the game. And there's other communities like Austintown, uh, Ravenna up, uh, you know, a little closer to you guys. They they really, this is what they live for at this time of the year. They want to host games. So you never know what communities does and doesn't want to host. Yeah, and we have a lot of, obviously, the, the Northeast Ohio, Lake County, Cuyahoga County regions that, you know, teams that are still alive. So the, the Solons, the Twinsburgs, you know, those type of areas are taking Friday games instead, which, you know, we've the, the Saturdays you're not going to do back-to-back. So, yeah, as you mentioned, I know it's a little bit harder to, to sell people or to sell schools and, and communities on, on hosting these games. And that was one thing, um, I think it was in, maybe in week 10, uh, we had the athletic director of Perry on, and we were talking about hosting and things like that. And he was telling me that he hasn't hosted a playoff game, I want to say since, Eight, 2008 or 2010, it just uh, how it how it falls, and obviously for for us we're kind of unique too, where we're you know not really in the vicinity of a bunch of places, being closer to the lake and things like that. But um, yeah, just how the I don't I don't want to say luck of the draw, just how the cards fall, and yeah, then you're hosting. Exactly, it's just it's kind of a, a roll of the dice in a lot of ways. I find that yeah. over the years. Let's talk about Perry for a minute. Let's just talk about their offense. Uh, what type of offense will, we, will I be seeing? And what type of offense will the fans be uh, watching uh, from Perry? I, I know in the previous years, very high power offense. Yeah, still high powered. They, they run the spread, so you'll see a lot of four wide receiver sets. Everything's out of the shotgun. Um, you have uh, usually a single uh, running back, maybe a tight end here and there, but uh, everything's led by Drew Shiano, the senior quarterback. Uh, just about six foot tall, uh, 150, 160. But the kid, uh, I shouldn't say kid, the young man has already set a ton of school records this season, has the most touchy, uh, touchdown passes in a season, the most touchdown passes all time at Perry. He's on the verge of setting the single-season passing record, career passing record. 
depending on how far Perry plays, completions are within his range now. Week number one through nine touchdown passes against Riverside in that shootout uh, that I mentioned a little bit uh, a little bit earlier, the 63 to 54, 55 game. Um, he has just been phenomenal since taking over last season at quarterback uh, for Perry, replacing Colston Brewster, who, who is now at Lake Erie College, uh, originally committed to Buffalo, but has transferred uh, back here to Northeast Ohio. Um, but for the last two years, Drew has run this offense phenomenally. Uh, you have two fantastic wide receivers in Anthony Rosati. Uh, he is the coach's son. He's a senior. Nine touchdown catches this year, almost 800 yards uh, receiving. Devon Holbert is a young man that transferred over uh, from Harvey. His, his parents moved into our community. So this is his first year with the team. With Harvey, he played the last three years at quarterback, switched over to wide receiver this year. You would have never been able to tell that he was never a wide receiver before. 13 touchdown uh, receptions this year has been fantastic. Also, uh, a great safety slash corner, depending on what kind of scheme that they're going to uh, to run this week. Uh, just a, a fantastic addition. But everything for me, outside of starting with the quarterback, Shiano, is on the shoulders of young Jalen Anderson. The junior running back uh, has over 1,000 yards rushing this year, almost 900 yards receiving, has probably close to 30 touchdowns combined between receiving and rushing. Uh, he's getting a, a ton of Division One offers. I know Nebraska was the most recent to throw an offer his way. All the Mac schools want him. He's been taking visits to Ohio State and Michigan. This young man burst onto the scene as a freshman and has not skipped a beat since the first time he touched the ball uh, for Perry. was on a kick return, went 90-plus yards for a touchdown, and the kid's career took off from there to where he is at now. And it's just uh, an, uh, amazing to watch his uh, growth over the last uh, three seasons. One last question for you, my friend, and I hope you can answer it for me. Uh, I've had a couple people ask me since I, I'll be filling in your shoes. Where can they listen to the game? Is it available on the Internet? Yeah, so it's going to be on the uh, the Facebook, uh, the um, Perry Facebook, uh, their, their high school page. There's also a, a live stream portion of it. So there's an app called Live Stream. If you download that app, you search Perry High School, um, and you can listen to it right there. Unfortunately, due to the OHSA restrictions, there's going to be no video of the game, but at least there's the, the audio portion of it for those that are interested in listening. So either if you go to Facebook and uh, search Perry High School, um, I believe it's Lake Lake or Lake County, because obviously there's that the Perry up by you guys up in, in Massillon. Or right. you go to the live stream and search uh, live stream app. It's a, a red app with a, a white logo on it. And search Perry High School. And uh, you can go that way as well. Gene, thank you for the opportunity this week. And safe travels uh, with the Cavaliers all season long. And I look forward to talk to you again soon, my friend. Anytime. And thank you for uh, to for filling the shoes this week and bringing the uh, bringing the action for both the uh, the Poland fans and the uh, the Perry fans uh, up here in Northeast Ohio. All right, that's Gene Winters, and you've been listening to Radio MVP. And we'll, quite honestly, I'm just going to end it here, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Radio MVP. Catch us on the internet at radiomvp.com.